not only does he give Hulk Hogan a hug, he dry humps Hulk Hogan while Hulk Hogan is being bear hugged by the giant. And then Hogan screams and runs like a little bitch. Somebody go get help. He literally just tried to commit murder with a man off a rooftop and then ran away screaming for help. Remember the video store kids? When we used to do that, we used to go to this, oh, we used to go to this place and we used to rent movies. Kevin Sullivan is making this so incredibly hard to watch. His existence is making it hard for me to watch. Uh, well, here's the thing about that they just give title shots to anyone. Clearly. The following podcast contains mature content. The views and opinions expressed by the coast are not necessarily those of the host. So discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Return to Wrestling, that podcast where we go in the cave and we find the stone wheel and we turn it. And there's a bright light. And we travel all the way back in time to when professional wrestling was professional wrestling and not sports entertainment. I am your host, the warden Matt Ritter, the patron saint of podcasting, and I am here with my co-host. God, it's been a long time. Sir, Cusselot, Transporter, AK, the Dragon King, AK, Big T, AK, Sweet T, AK, T, Money, AK, Black Merlin, AK, DH, and I see. And by the look at his face, I should have said, Lord, Cusselot. And the Dungeon Master. Thank you. And hello. What's that? What's going on, man? It's been it's been a long time, it feels like, since we've done this. Oh, it's been a while. It has been a while. It's good to be back, though. I, I do miss podcasting with you. We got to, you know, make sure we're doing this more regularly. I keep, you know, things keep coming up and slowing us down. I got to, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be caught up on as far as Creation World goes, but whew, I'm working it all out. Just, I did, I think this is the fourth podcast I've done this week. So, yeah. Very nice. Look yeah, at you yeah, getting yeah. back into it. I also went to a Renaissance fair last week and I got a drinking horn. See my drinking Very horn. nice. I see that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how's the drinking going, by the way? Because I know you had to uh, slow down on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Yeah, I don't drink nearly as much tequila anymore. And it's, it's honestly kind of sad, but I know <laughs> it's necessary because it's just like tequila makes me happy and so does rum like rum actually makes me a bit more happy than tequila but tequila is more efficient so it's just you know it's like you're a magician every time you move if the cup's not in front of your shirt it just disappears oh i know i know watch this watch, watch. <laughs> and we're back yeah <laughs> you go on the go big show um that's not what we're here to talk about we're here to talk about that other show on TBS and TNT, WCW Nitro, just Nitro, yeah. not Monday Night Nitro. Just no, it, Nitro. It, it was Monday Nitro. Monday Nitro. Yeah, just not. Monday there's Nitro. there's not there's not an extra night in there. It's just Monday Nitro. Um, last we were here, we talked about Hog Wild, where uh, Hulk Hogan did a bunch of despicable shit. He beat up his best friend, the Booty Man. Uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, who came out with a cake and an NWO shirt. Uh, he cost the Giant the championship, became an, or WCW champion, spray-painted NWO over the title. Hall and Nash had a tag match. The NWO is in full swing, 
And now we are in the aftermath of that weird redneck motorcycle fest that they had where nobody liked the black people. Um, yeah, yeah. And shit's still like it. The pay-per-view that we're going to cover, Fall Brawl War Games. I enjoyed. It was mm-hmm. good for the most part. Mm-hmm. Everything leading up to it is still shit, though, Travis. Everything? Really? Let, let's Just run through about. it. You, you tell me how everything was shit. We'll run well, through it because... They give us... Our, our first Nitro is August 12th. They give us the Hogwild recap, and basically the whole thing is like, is Nick Patrick an NWO sim? And that is the thread throughout the ensuing weeks is, a what thread. is Nick Patrick's... A the Nick thread. A yeah, thread. It is a what thread. is it is not the thread. It is a thread. What is Nick Patrick up to? Yet somehow, for some reason, they keep booking him as a ref in these fucking matches. And we're going to talk about that when we get the fall bro. Ref unions, man. <laughs> uh, first match, we had Rough and Ready, who looked like two guys that walked straight out of a gay biker's bar, uh, and High Voltage losing to the Dungeon of Doom, who is still fucking here. Listen, Matt, you got. Rough and ready, teaming with rage and chaos. How are you not happy about this? You got okay, so rage and chaos, rough and ready. Rage and chaos look nothing like rough and ready. And rage rough and ready, and chaos are rough and ready, sir. And rough and ready look like two guys who stole rage and chaos's outfit and came out, but only one uh, part of them. <laughs> it's dirty Dick Slater and Mike's penis, right? That's who that's who it is. Yeah, yeah that's what we're going with. Because yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So Mike's penis and Dirty Dick Sucker Slater, whatever. Dirty, uh, yeah, they look yeah. like, like I said, they look like they left the gay biker bar. Which nothing wrong with that. Just they should. I don't been know in what, what the aesthetic was. <laughs> and then uh, after they lose their match, they attack Raging Chaos from high voltage. Um, dude, uh, here's here's what I think is the problem. There are too many fucking interviews. There's an interview after every damn match. There's an interview backstage in between matches. And I think that's what's really killing me because we got the Sting and Luger interview. They want to fight the NWO now. The NWO doesn't show up, so we move on. Then we got DDP versus the Renegade, who doesn't even look like Discount Ultimate Warrior anymore. Like, he's out there. Yeah, they couldn't do that fast. anymore. They had already yeah. gotten, like, a cease and desist, so they couldn't do it anymore. I think Which this is the first mention. time that we've actually, like, actually seen him in a match, right? Since we started doing this. Yes, yes, yes. No, yeah, because yeah, we've seen him when we he was... started doing this. Okay, I thought we were supposed to like there was one we were supposed to see him in a match, but he got his ass whooped before the match. He didn't do the match. Did we actually see him in a match at some point. We have uh, we have seen him in a match since we've done this podcast. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. forgettable. No, so really he was part of that weird like eight man tag that had uh, a bunch like uh, Joe, whatever Joe Gomez. Yeah, and all that. Like he was in. It was like this. It was like oh, Baywatch, and they were all in short shorts, and they did this preview for it. Yeah, he was I kind of remember that. Yeah, that don't count. So anyway, um, DDP beats the Renegade. Then we got the NWO response. They accept the challenge. They're still che- teasing the fourth and fifth guys who are coming. Um, they joke about the Booty hey, Man hey, who hey, tried hey, to hey. join and got dropped. How much are they coming? Sorry, Go ahead. they're coming a lot. Yeah. Um. Th- and it's not the people I thought they were coming because I was under the impression that for whatever reason, I thought six, six Pac was the fourth man. Um, he was supposed to be. Um, yeah. So I, I didn't know this at the time, of course, but like other things I've read or like things I've heard from Bishop, basically like at this point, six was supposed to be there. Um, problem was contract issues. He got his release from 
WWE, but he didn't like they didn't waive his do not compete or something like that. And he couldn't like, you know, he couldn't appear on television yet. And so they swerved and did the giant. Like it's kind of like well, no, 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 no. The, the giant came later. Well, no, I know. First, yeah. well, he was supposed to. Well, six was supposed to be number five, and he like okay. swerved and did the giant thing because like, well, we got to do fucking something because we don't have six yet. And oh, this would be a shock, giant. Yeah, um, <laughs> they did a lot of swerves and shocks. Uh, but anyway, we got Conan defeating Jim Powers. Uh, this is Conan the last time we as actual Conan. You know, not like. Well, no, this is the last time we see Conan. As the Conan, we've seen him. Oh, right, right, now. right. He still had the trunks on in this one. You're right. Yes. Uh, but he is sick of the people, uh, of the people, and he's going to still back WCW. Because, again, after every match, we have to interview someone and ask them, how do you feel about the NWO? What side are you on? Blah, 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 blah. Like everybody. And it's people I don't even give a fuck about. Speaking of people I don't give a fuck about, Chris Benoit defeats Ron Studd. And I believe Ron Studd is Ron Reese and also the Yate. Um, maybe. But um, yeah, I'm just, I was, I just remember seeing this. I don't know why it made this a note that Chris Benoit was out there with both woman and Elizabeth. Now that, that was odd to me why he had both of them, but yeah. Yeah, both of them, because they're both technically part of the four yeah, horsemen, right? But now. even still, but they're Rick's girls. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, Elizabeth is a rich girl. Woman is still like you know. Woman's trying to fuck Gene. Still, every interview trying to. Oh, fuck and it's Gene. still my favorite part of every Horseman interview. By the way, we're not going to see Gene again until November. That's sad. Yeah, because uh, this, this point contract dispute happened, and he didn't come back until November. Uh, then we got a Harlem Heat match versus the Steiners. It's a rematch from Hog Wild, and Harlem Heat's pissed because Colonel Parker got them DQ'd. This whole thing with Colonel Robert Parker and Harlem Heat makes me very uncomfortable. It yeah. feels well, I told very... You, I told you he was supposed to be their original manager, right? Yeah, no, I know that. And they were supposed to come out in chains and yeah, shit. Yeah, called us up the chain gang. Up. Yeah, it was supposed yeah. to be real. Like, ooh, this is... Yeah. I think this makes you uncomfortable. Oh, that yeah. <laughs> Well, no, he he looks straight up like a plantation owner. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm watching Django, and this is that scene where they're in the bar, and the two dudes are fighting. Like, yeah, yeah. This is a stable of mandingos. I'm not, I don't like it. Uh, oh, yeah. Got Rey Mysterio in action versus Ultimate Dragon, defeating Ultimate Dragon, not Ultimo Dragon, because yeah, WCW. I, yeah, yeah. He becomes Ultimo Dragon later. Um, Macho Rey Man Mysterio Luz Jr., not just Rey Mysterio, as WWE call him. Yes, Rey Mysterio Jr. Uh, and in well let's see this was 1996 so we're looking at about oh uh, 20 just under 20 years so like uh, we'll say 17 years he'll be uh his son's backpack down to the ring well that depends what year was that that, that dominic showed up uh, i guess 2022 so yeah for 16 15 16 years you're doing math wrong sir uh, probably yeah yeah that's that's over 20 22 plus 4, 26, 26 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you're missing 10 years in there, man. Like, Listen, I, Ray I been around a long time, bro. Uh, we got Macho Even Man so, losing to Rick. Honestly, WCW Ray is my favorite Ray, but, but. I don't blame you. Uh, Macho Man losing to Ric Flair. Hogan hits Randy again. Listen, I don't give a fuck. All right. I went on this, I went on. UWO when I talked about Hulk Hogan and how I still have no like even Hollywood Hulk Hogan 
man's got the weakest fucking chair shots I've ever seen. I guarantee Hulk Hogan does not have hands. Like, I guarantee this man cannot <laughs> fight for real. I think in his prime and me right now at 34, I could knock Hulk Hogan out. Like, no faith in this man whatsoever. Interesting. Okay. It's all fake muscle. No, look at his chair shots. This man doesn't. Um, he's trash. Uh, I mean, so after he can't swing a chair, don't mean he can't swing a fist, though. Like, it's, he's still fucking huge. Flair gets the win because of the chair shot and he takes advantage because it's fucking Ric Flair. Yeah. Like, um, still the dirtiest player in the game. Then we get the interview with Hogan. Why Hogan? Why? He talks about the new NWO belt that we don't ever see because he said he was going to get a new belt. He wasn't going to keep the one, but I know they keep that one. So, yeah, yeah, he just spray paints over it. Um, he says he left Flair alone so that he had no excuses at Clash of the Champions. And then uh, his biggest insult. He calls Flair a stupid little man. Nobody ever accused Hulk Hogan of being clever. Uh, our main <laughs> event is the Outsiders versus Sting and Lex Luger. Uh, Lex Luger ends up going in solo, and then Sting comes in after a few minutes. Sneak attacks. Uh, Nick saves Hall and bails with the NWO. During the match, four horsemen come out to save Sting and Luger from a beatdown. It just a fucking like nothing happened. Like it's the same shit. Nothing's happening. Yeah, Nick Patrick. Okay, is he part of the NWO? He keeps helping them. We clearly see him save Scott Hall in this match. <sighs> Whatever. Um, August nineteenth. IRS loses to Jim Duggan. That is VK Wall Street, sir. You will Several address seven. him properly while he is on the show he is on. And here his name is VK Wall Street. So I know we talked about this when Kyle from April Month was on. I had, because of you, a fond memory of Jim Duggan with, with the two by four and the hoe. <laughs> All of this taped fist bullshit has ruined Jim Duggan for me. I never, it's awful. ever, it's awful. ever <laughs> want to see a Jim Duggan match again in my life. It really, I really don't. It's so funny because it's so awful. It is just like, uh, why do you all keep doing this? Like, you know how many people already just wrestle with the fist tape? Like, it's just like, why is that just such, why is that a thing? <laughs> and then here's the thing. So, okay. So the NWO does this shit, right? Like they, they throw Ray Mysterio into the production truck and they're jumping people and they, they're spray painting people and beating up people. Nobody from like, okay, Jim Duggan. Hey, one, why do I give a fuck what Jim Duggan thinks about the NWO or Hulk Hogan? Two, where the fuck is Jim Duggan when all this shit is going on? Why is the locker room not emptying to come after these guys? They're all just sitting in the back letting this shit happen. But then they want to get on an interview and be like, I want to talk to Terry as a man. He turned his back on everyone his love he lo or everyone he loves, his family, his friends, all of us. Like Okay, then go do something about it. Wrap your stupid fucking fist up, grab your two by four, and go stick it up Hulk Hogan's ass or shut the fuck up. But here's the thing you got to remember pay attention to the commentary. Bobby Heaton's been saying that shit the whole time. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> and the problem is, like, I, I can't help but agree with Bobby Heenan, but also Bobby Heenan's racist as fuck. So, like, he I really hate agreeing with Bobby Heenan. He like, really is. And here's the thing you know how I always have the, you know, the Bobby Heenan said thing. When we're yes. doing this, and like, and at first, for a while, the first couple nitros, first few, first few nitros, like, I'm like, he's really not giving me anything yet. 
But then fall brawl happened. I'm like, oh, oh, I knew you wouldn't yeah. let me down, Bobby. Uh-huh. I knew you. <laughs> yeah. When we got into the Mexican heavyweight championship match. Oh, oh there, was, there was so many then. I'm like, oh, yes, there you go, Bobby. There's Bobby. So basically, Macho Man comes out and interrupts. I have no idea what the fuck Macho Man said. He said a bunch of shit. None of it made sense except for at the end. It means bad news for Hulk Hogan. And I then mean, yeah. you got to like, you know. Understand Macho Man interviews. <laughs> like that's just that's what every Macho Man Randy Savage interview is. Like he just he does the Macho Man shit, and you just you know you just go with it. Yeah, but this was a lot of nonsense. Like normally there's something in there that you can grab and hold on to and be like, okay, that kind of made sense towards what was going on. This was just a lot of nonsense, and then he's like, and that means bad news for you, Hulk Hogan. And by the way, the Giant, you told me you were gonna get the job done, and you didn't get the job done. So now I'm coming to whoop your ass because he lost because he got hit in the head with a fucking belt. Like, I don't blame the giant for jumping ship to NWO if this is the kind of loyalty you can expect from WCW. He clearly got hit in the head with a belt and pinned. That was not on him. He got screwed over. And you know, Macho Man saw this. And what is Macho Man's response? Not, hey, brother, we'll go get him next time. No, it's like, okay, I'm going to kick your ass now. Like, that is not unity. That is not, yeah, WCW is not a unit. That's why they kept losing. That's the whole point. Uh, Benoit defeats Ro- he was just like, Robert. Yo, John, you just big for no reason. Like, that's, that was the way he basically, yeah, basically. Said. Uh, Benoit defeated uh, Earl Robert Eaton. Uh, Sting and Luger have an interview because we have an interview every 10 minutes. Uh, they have a surprise for the horsemen tonight. And Gene apparently doesn't understand what a surprise is because he keeps asking them what they're going to do, and if he told you, then it wouldn't be a fucking surprise, Gene. Um, Disco loses to Scott Norton, and thank God the only match we had to see Disco in this entire time. Uh, But my boy Teddy Bear Long says that Ice Train got screwed, and he won't stand for it. And the, the Scott Norton Ice Train heated feud that has been building for months is continuing through this show, and we'll continue on the fall brawl. And the only part of this I give a shit about is Teddy Bear Long because yeah, yeah. Chubby hey, Teddy is my favorite Teddy. Hey, you gotta just you gotta think too. Like you got like you got Ice Train, you got Scott Flash Norton, like two big bad motherfuckers. Like honestly, and you would think you'd get something out of that, but for some reason it just ain't working because Scott Norton can't talk. Scott Norton can't talk, and he looks like some chick's dad. Like some white girl's dad that I dated in high school who you would not try. Probably not. <laughs> um, like that's the point. He looks like a big, bad motherfucker who you don't try. Regal loses to Dean Malenko. We got a four horseman interview about Sting and Luger. Why is oh, there I, always I, yelling? I, I do. Cause, cause fucking Ric Flair, but I do have something about this. Like, cause you know, we see roll up wins a lot. But it's always just the fucking schoolboy, and there's no reason why somebody wouldn't be able to kick out of it. But like this roll up here was like actually like a good roll. We actually like had him tied up, so it was like yeah. it was actually a thing where he couldn't get out of it. That's one of those things. Like, cause I normally am pretty critical of Malenko matches because people talk about how great he is, and to me, all his stuff just seems overly choreographed, so it just doesn't look that good to me. But I've been talking. <laughs> I've been. I've been. Preaching I know you don't like Malenko, time. but you hate Malenko for a very different reason, sir. And <laughs> anyway. Um, but this particular time with that role, I'm like, oh, 
That's what a roll-up is supposed to be, remember? Remember when that would win a match because you actually had them hooked because they couldn't get out? It's like, yeah, just a regular schoolboy and they just don't kick out for no reason makes no sense. But yeah. this actually made sense. Also, uh, the Benoit match, but- and I'll say this about this Benoit match and every fucking Benoit match, and it's just like, set aside, you know, how it all ended, but like, God damn, everything this man does looks like it hurts like hell. Like, he is like, how are you that good in the ring? I wish you could talk. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. uh, but everything he does in the ring, like, yo, that looks like this motherfucker is really fighting and hurting this dude. And it's so good. And that's kind of what sucks is you go back and you watch this WCW stuff and you're looking at Benoit and you see the talent that this man has in the ring. I mean, we are going to talk about at war games, Chris Benoit versus Chris Jericho. Fucking awesome match, dude. We'll, I, we'll talk about when we get there. But, yeah, he is but so good. They're so then good. Then you look too. at what all of this led to, and yeah. it's hard to be able to separate the two. Right. Um, speaking of separating the two, um, Public Enemy and their parents, the Nasty Boys, uh, yeah, have a I, match I think- for the hundredth time. Yeah, I got it in my notes here. Nasty Boys versus Public Enemy again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then another interview where they ask the nasty boys after they get the win are you friends with hulk hogan still and the nasty boys again say we are neutral all we want is the wcw tag team titles hulk hogan is doing hulk hogan shit nasty boys are doing nasty boys shit like you all have asked them this already like why are we still repeatedly because they have to (laughs) uh and then we mentioned it the wwf lawsuit gets brought up by eric bischoff where they're being sued um, so that is mentioned and Bobby, the brain Heenan, I, I don't know if it's this show or the next show, but after it's mentioned accidentally calls Ming Haku and then they have to fucking cover it up. But, uh, <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, DDP loses to Chavo. And then just like uncle Eddie catches a diamond cutter and ass whooping for his trouble. Cause DDP does not like losing. Yeah, he does not. And diamond color still looks great. <laughs> it does. Um, Except for that Nick one Patrick, off the ropes that he did to Eddie, because it was just like Eddie like landed on his feet first before they actually did it, and he was like, uh, "But <laughs> one out of a million, eight yeah, exactly, exactly." Uh, then we got a Nick Patrick interview. He defends himself by comparing himself to a cop, which does not play well in 2022. Not today, <laughs> uh, for not stopping DDP, he's like, "Well, if I was out there and I was a cop, I, I would have to call for backup. I wouldn't handle that myself, and then we'd probably shoot him if he was black." Like. I'm like, Nick, you probably shouldn't say that on air. Like, come on, <laughs> chill. Um, oh, Harlem Heat defeats the American males. American males. Uh, Sting and Luger versus the Four Horsemen isn't a match. This is Sting and Luger asking for a parlay with the Four Horsemen, and it's a bunch of war games is coming up, and it wants, I want Arn and Rick side-by-side side with Sting and Lex Luger to take on the NWO, and then Arn's like, yeah, sure, why not? And Rick's like, I'll do it if Benoit and Mongo are okay with it. Okay, fine. Benoit says he'll do whatever they want to do. Mongo says he'll do whatever they want to do, but he's keeping an eye on Sting and Lex Luger, which is very important because something happens at War Games where Mongo is not to be seen again, uh, <clears throat> pissing me off. Uh, said, so basically, piss you off? He's a bear. He's an 85 bear, sir. Listen, if Mongo had stayed on commentary with that cute fucking dog, Mongo would be fine. The fact that he stepped in a wrestling ring, he's embarrassing himself and the bears. 
Also, shout out to Mongo right now. Get well. I know he, he that is well, true. He's not going to get well, but like prayers to him and all that. You know, he has ALS. Yeah. You don't get better from that. But as someone whose uncle died from ALS, I know you don't get better. It's just yeah. <clears throat> sorry to bring the podcast down, but I feel like we need to. No, we. You know. It's relevant. We should talk about it. Um, like you said, thoughts and prayers to Mongo and his family. Um, we got an NWO promo. Where Scott and Kevin just shit on WCW the entire time, which was fun. And then in our main event, the Giant versus Macho Man Randy Savage. Randy punishes the Giant for losing at Hogwild with a chair before the bell even rings and then ends up getting smashed. Nick Patrick calls off the match. Macho makes a comeback, does what I wish I could do to the Dungeon of Doom, and just beats the shit out of them with a chair. And then the Giant chases Randy out of the arena. Travis, there's something about the Dungeon of Doom that happened during this run that makes me really, really upset. What's that? I think it's coming up here very soon. But the thing that's up next is the opening of Monday Nitro, August 26th, and the debut of someone that Travis has been anticipately waiting for or waiting for with great anticipation. <clears throat> Billy Kidman takes on the juice, Juventud Guerrero. Movie! My um, nigga. He's still masked, Hoovy. So you know, yeah, we'll get we'll get there eventually. We're, without the mask, he's not the juice yet, but we'll get there. So Hoovy's a cruiserweight, correct? Correct. How is a cruiserweight challenging Conan for the Mexican heavyweight championship? Because Mexican weight doesn't count. Okay. Uh, Hoovy does an interview in Spanish, and Gene's like, "Oh, this young man's not very good at English, so bear with us." And all of the racist-ass Southern fans boo him because they can't understand what he's saying. Yeah, I don't know why they put a mic in his mouth. He, like, he started to say stuff in English, and like he, like, he forgot all English he knew, so he just diverted to Spanish, and then it just fell apart. And, he's just like, and then Gene's like, hey, wrap it up. And he's like, hold on, hold on, I got one more thing to say. And no, nah, it didn't go well. Yeah, he tried again, and he's like, no, nah, I don't talk, dude. Just, just, uh, I'm, I'm disappointed I didn't get the 450 yet, but we'll get there. The 450 and the in the Hoovy driver and all those. We'll get there. Uh, our next match, uh, apparently Scotty Riggs is out, <laughs> so Buff is teaming with Jim Powers. Being managed by Teddy Bear Long. <laughs> <sighs> Whatever. Uh, they lose <laughs> to the Dungeon of Doom. More fucking Kevin Sullivan. Oh, man, I wish you could feel just how happy this makes me. <laughs> uh, Jim Powers gets the win initially, by the way. Bubba kicks late. Nick Patrick restarts the match, even though Bubba kicked late. And then he gets the win. And then we've got a post-match interview with the Dungeon of Doom that uh, fuck the Dungeon of Doom. Uh, we got a Luger and... Huh? I said valid. Yeah. Uh, Luger and Sting interview again. This time they respond to the challenge from Benoit and Mongo because apparently, even though last week Mongo and Benoit are like, if Rick wants to go in this with you guys, we'll step aside. We'll let it happen. They're like, you know what? We changed our mind. Maybe you're not really worthy. <laughs> Former WCW champions. Maybe you're not worthy of being tag team partners with Ric Flair and fucking Aaron Anderson in war games, despite the fact that you've been in war games, like, or despite the fact that Lex Luger used to be a four horseman. Used to be. Yeah. Good enough, you'd still be a horseman. Like, that's just, I'm telling you what their mentality may be, you know. 
My favorite thing here, though, is Lex stakes his career on the fact that he never, ever backs down from a challenge. Okay. And if you have been listening to our recaps, I need to know at what point Lex Luger went from the shady friend that you could not trust, who constantly backed down from challenges, to like the upstanding guy in this tag team that we can trust and look to. As soon as the NWO became a thing, <laughs> he's like, yo, we need we need him to be a good guy now because we need somebody to go and get the Because I was going to say, it was like a month ago that we didn't even know what side fucking Lex Luger was on or if Sting could trust him. And now all of a sudden, I never, ever back down from a chair. You're full of shit, Lex. Um, You're not on board with the Lex Express? No, I'm not. I understand. I'm not either, but still. And neither was anyone in WWF, which is why yeah. you showed up here. Yeah, yeah. I'll be a hero. Uh, Chavo defeats Mike Enos. Then has an interview calling out DDP because he's really mad that DDP beat up Eddie and then beat him up, which yeah. I understand. Yeah. Uh, we got Rey Mysterio defeating JL, uh, Jerry Lynn. In a mask. You, you do know this Jerry Lynn. Okay. Just make yes, sure. I do. Yeah. Um, it wasn't important though because cruiserweight matches aren't important. So instead, we go outside where the NWO well, is vandalizing that builds the undercard that keeps people coming back. You know, gives you a okay. Variety. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. It wasn't important enough to WCW to actually watch the match because instead we went outside and watched the NWO spray paint a TV truck. I know, I know. Um, the Mongo and Benoit talk about changing their mind and explain why they put the challenge out to Sting and Luger again while woman seduces Mean Gene. Also, though. It actually made sense that they did that because they needed to do that whole backstage thing, but they didn't want to do like they did a while back when the outsiders came and attacked backstage and just stopped all the action in the ring. So the people who were watching live just had nothing. They were just sitting there. So like, there's actually a match going on for them while the stuff's happening backstage. So it's just like they gave them both some, you know? And that's actually something interesting I wanted to ask you about uh, because I think it's the next episode or the last episode. There's some shit that goes on and it goes on out in the parking lot and the fans in the crowd can't see any of that. Right. Correct. So they have no idea what the fuck's going on. Correct. And they cannot hear commentary either. Right. Correct. So they're just sitting there like, what the fuck? No one's in the ring. Okay. That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. That changes in 97, 97. They actually get the Titan Tron. Well, it's not the Titan Tron, but it's the Titan Tron. The Titan Tron is like a WWE thing, but big screen. They get that in 97. Yeah, uh, we had a Macho Man interview, and then we got Jim Duggan versus the Giant. During the match, Ted DiBiase comes through the crowd, holds up the four, and then the five. Money, 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 money. Bought a ticket. Let's us kind of know he's with the NWO. He's all in black. Uh, he is the fourth member and the financial backing of the NWO because apparently. All those movies Hulk Hogan did didn't make him enough money to fucking run his own company. Not his own wrestling organization. Uh, we got an interview with the Giant. He says he's going to be the one to fight Hogan. And then he mentions being in the cage at War Games, which I thought was very interesting because we already had a four-man team for War Games in Rick, Arn, Lex, and Sting. So how are you going to be in the cage, sir? Oh, wait, yeah, we'll find out. Um, Arn and Flair defeat the Rock and Roll Express and then do an interview. Jericho makes his debut, 
versus Alex Wright in a no contest because, ladies and gentlemen, this is babyface Chris Jericho that bombed so hard he got booed out of the arena. Uh, he decides that he does not want to beat Alex Wright, who was unable to compete, so he calls for a no contest uh, because that is not the way he wanted to win. Shit. And also is, for whatever reason, asked how he feels about Hulk Hogan, who he grew up looking up to, and he said he didn't want to win the match the way this Hulk Hogan would have. And it's so um, funny because, like, the way that wrestling is presented to us, we know better as people who, like, are more familiar with the way the business works. We don't, like, know everything, but we're more familiar with than the average fan. We're led to believe that you get paid more when you win. <laughs> so, like, him not taking the win is like him agreeing to take less money, which is fucking stupid. To be fair... uh, I said, because I did a, a pool for the Royal Rumble recently, and I did say that if uh, the number that I got ended up being Matt Riddle's number, I would forego my winnings as long as Matt Riddle didn't win. And if he did, I would not take money under Matt Riddle's name. So, Speaking of which, I, I got to see the Rumble. And it was just it's, it's always my favorite time of the year. I was yeah. so happy to watch the Rumble. It's my favorite thing. I know it is. And you got and to I know. know. Yeah, and I, and I know a lot of people didn't like this this most recent Rumble, and it's just like, that's fine. But I would argue that, like, even the worst Rumble is better than most WWE pay-per-views anyway, so. Which is fair. <laughs> um, I mean, it's better than World War Three, so there's that. I mean, you're setting the bar kind of low there. <laughs> WCW set that bar low. I didn't. I mean, World War Three is dumb, but it's just like thing is when you learn to embrace how dumb the stuff is and enjoy it for how dumb it is you have so much more fun if like, i could learn to embrace stupid things and love them for being stupid i would be a matt riddle fan like the rest of everyone else like i can't do it possibly yeah you, you, matt you, riddle <laughs> would be in the dungeon of doom Oh, I would love. I'm like I'm picturing this now. I'd love this. He'd fit a lot better than than Conan does. So yeah. Uh, we're not there yet, but yes, no. That that breaks my fucking heart. Uh, Steiner's defeat the Blue Bloods. Uh, Blue Bloods fall apart, and then we got an interview, and then our main event: Sting and Luger versus Mongo and Benoit. The NWO wreck everyone, and then take Everybody. over commentary. Everybody, because that's well. What the I'm fuck sorry, they do. Hall and Nash wreck everybody, and Hulk Hogan just kind of stumbles around like an idiot and throws weak punches and chair shots and tries to make himself look cool. But you got Hall and Nash, so yeah. And honestly, I could I could enjoy the NWO so much more if it was just Hall and Nash. No, but it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have felt right because you needed that person to be that figurehead for them, and you know. It's and just... I maintain the same thing I maintain about Hulk Hogan in the eighties. You could have done it with Randy Savage, and it would have been just as good, and you would have got better matches out of it. It would not have been just as good with Randy Savage turning on WCW as it did with Hogan. It just wouldn't have. I'm sorry. I know you want that, but it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been. It's okay. You're allowed to be wrong. But, yeah, because Macho Man at that point was not near the icon that Hulk Hogan was. And He would have been, though. Like, if we had given Macho Man the Hogan push back in the 80s and just deleted hulk hogan from existence all of this would have worked and it all would have been better and we would have had so much so many more better matches for it because hogan andre isn't a good match it's a fucking moment yeah. and that is all hulk hogan is is a series of three second moments 
It is him staring at the rock in the middle of the ring. It is him body slamming Andre the Giant. That is all Hulk Hogan is, is moments, not matches. Moments. Let's talk about moments for a second, Matt. You, Matt Ritter. Yes. Married man. Yes. Beautiful child. Lovely, lovely times. Adorable. Yes, yes. Wonderful child is a result of a moment. It could also be the result of a match. But all that matters was that moment. I don't know. I think my performance mattered. No, I feel like, no, if, no, I feel like no. if my performance wasn't up to snuff, no, that no. consumption may not have happened. No, no. The moment at the very end is what made it happen. So, you know, there were there were a lot of those moments and only one stuck. And I've got to say it yeah. stuck because of the performance. There were multiple moments, just like with Hulk Hogan. There were multiple moments. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, September 2nd. <laughs> I just made DDP. that up on the fly. I like that. Good that was Trump. good. Good job, Trump. Uh DDP <laughs> defeats Alex Wright. And then we got more Nick Patrick bullshit. We got a Colonel Parker interview where he talks about how he bought Sherry some clothes. So now he is a plantation owner slash Sherry Sugar Daddy. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Harlem Heat defeat Greg Valentine and Buddy Valentino. Uh, DiBiase returns. Oh, also, I forgot to mention last the last episode when they were spray painting shit. I believe that's the first time we see the four life. No, it was in one of the four horsemen segments <laughs> because Scott Hall specifically said he's gonna or one of the NWO segments because he's like, I'm gonna start holding it like this because it's NWO four life. It was last we, week, right? Uh, yeah, I think it was, it was the last episode, was, right? Okay, yeah. I, I remember it happening in that episode, I didn't remember exactly where, but yeah. Life. Uh, there's not a lot that goes on in those, so I just kind of put them down as NWO package. But like, the there's not a lot to talk about. I mean, it's not there's not much that's up, you know, as relevant to the story that happens with it. But they yeah. were just so cool to watch. It was really yeah. just it was it was it was a theme kind of thing. Um, DiBiase returns during the Harlem Heat match. Uh, there's an interview. Harlem Heat gets jumped by the Nasty Boys. Ooh. Forgot to mention something earlier, the Alex Wright versus DDP match. Yes. There was an over-the-top rope thing, no DQ. Yeah, no, they just, they, it's like, fuck, it's like watching AEW. Yeah, I know, when they that was up. my point. That's my point. That's my point. AEW needs to just bow down and worship at the altar that is WCW, okay? They literally just had their first DQ ever on Dynamite. Really? Yeah. And it was because Mercedes Martinez hit Thunder Rosa with a pipe. It might have been on Rampage. It was one of the two shows I just covered. It was on TNT. First. It was on cable. First ever TV disqualification with all the bullshit that goes on. I mean, I watched a man go through a glass table. No DQ. But now we got a. Oh, I know. I even saw that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's been this long and it took that long to have a DQ. That's ridiculous. We're like two and a half years in. First DQ. That's ridiculous. According to Chris Jericho, who also made like it's convenient that Jericho brings that up because he also made his debut in WCW right now as we're talking about this. But uh, and he was in the next match losing to Dean Malenko. Stinko Malenko. He hasn't called him that yet, but yeah. Well, that's because we don't have that Jericho yet. We still got baby yeah. face Jericho. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, this is just us getting ready for heel Jericho, which once again, best Jericho. Yeah. Uh, the Giants defeated Brad Armstrong. Yay. Uh, Hogan, NWO package. He calls WCW World Crybaby Wrestlers. 
again, nobody ever accused Hulk Hogan of being clever. I'm accusing him of being fucking awful. Terrible promos, terrible in-ring work. I don't fucking understand. Anyway. I mean, there's nothing uh, to understand. It's just star power. He was made a star, so we live with it. Like, Here's the thing. You making me watch this, I am starting to hate Hulk Hogan more than I hated the Dungeon of Doom. And there was a Dungeon of Doom interview, I think, coming up on this episode where fucking Kevin Sullivan, who you know I fucking hate, was like, I tried to tell y'all. And I'm like, fuck, I have to agree with Kevin Sullivan. He tried to he tell y'all. He was right this whole time. Bobby Heenan tried to tell y'all. Yeah. He even said it at, at Bash of the Beach. Like, I've been saying it all along. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you are. You are. Again, uh, yeah. never said he was great in the ring. Never said he was great on promos. He was just a fucking star. We got Macho Man taking on look. Ron Studd. Yeah, whatever. Macho Man defeats Ron Studd. Apparently, this is part of like he'll take on Ron Studd, and then he'll also, I think, next week take on uh, John John Tenta, Tenta because he still has, he has half to- his head shaved. <laughs> Yes, we'll talk about that. Uh, he has to wrestle a tall guy to get in preparation for wrestling the giant, but also a fat guy because the giant is tall and fat. Yeah. So it's like boxers who like, you know, getting ready for a fight. They get somebody who's like similar to their opponents and fighting their style and their size to get them ready. It makes sense. And there's nobody. So he has to pick two separate guys to. Well, there's no. Them. Yeah, there's only one giant. So you got to like yeah. kind of. Well, technically, there's two giants. There's the giant and Andre the giant. Well, the, the Andre the Giant was not around at this point, so yeah, I know he he was not available. No, he he had his son, and then he died, and then his son died and came back to life, and then fucked Hulk Hogan with a guy wrapped in toilet paper. We watched it; <laughs> we covered it. it happened. We didn't uh, see him die. All right, we just saw him fall off the roof of a building. He's not that fucking tall, Travis. This isn't fucking Godzilla, where you just fall off a building <laughs> and survive. Steiners versus Lingens, uh, Lingens Luger, uh, Sting and Luger, Lingens Luger, Lingen Luger, Lingen Luger. Yep, Luger. Luger. Uh, there's a there's a limo that pulled up Dude, that I'm had Ted DiBiase in it. What the hell is happening, sir? <laughs> it's the morning, kind of. It's not though. So. <laughs> Two in the afternoon, eleven in the morning, same shit. Uh, four horsemen go out to check the limo that. Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase showed up in, but it's empty. Nick Patrick DQs Luger because Luger bumped into him with his elbow. How dare you? How dare you bump the referee? All right. Show some goddamn respect. The Dungeon of Doom loses to the Four Horsemen. Uh, Sting and Luger chase Nick Patrick to the limo and then watch DiBiase get in. Sting commits... Attempted murder by throwing a cement block through the window at Ted DiBiase's head and, and then steals aggra- a cop car. Not attempted murder, aggravated assault at the worst. All right. He's white. Come on now. Okay. So aggravated assault for a white man, but also steals a cop car in front of a cop and doesn't get shot. Like just hopped in and took that shit. It's white privilege even, all over this shit, dude. Like, you know, didn't even draw a gun. None. Um, no. Kevin Sullivan gets in the ring and watches Flair was hit everyone. Black? No, he was a white cop. Okay, I, I remember seeing a black cop at some point. I didn't remember if that was when it was. I don't know. During this match, though, Ric Flair gets tagged in. He grabs Kevin Sullivan, pulls Kevin Sullivan in the ring, then starts wailing on all of the other members of the Dungeon of Doom, and Kevin Sullivan is just standing there waiting for Ric Flair to turn around and punch him in the face. 
and it bugged the fucking piss out of me. Didn't even notice. A woman assists with the figure four to get the win. NWO shows up, attacks everyone. Then here comes the giant, the, the champion, the staple of the Dungeon of Doom to save the WCW and the Dungeon of Doom. And instead, he joins the NWO. Did you know at this point that, that was going to happen? I did. Okay. I didn't know. I, I was watching it and I was like, this is where the giant turned. Okay. Like, so, you know, at some point the giant was in the NWO. Okay. I was yes, wondering if you yes. knew that or not. That's why I was just I like, know. Huh. I know just about everyone that was in the NWO. Again, I am vaguely aware of everything that happened, even though I didn't watch it. As right. It right. Right. I know. I just didn't know how aware you said vaguely. So, I'm like, I'm just like, all the nuances, I could you know, make vaguely aware a t shirt. I say it a lot when talking about anything that isn't WWE. Probably. Anyway. We can make it a Patreon exclusive. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Macho Man comes out for revenge with a chair, but too many NWO members. He gets his ass whooped. Hogan continues to deliver the worst chair shots in wrestling history. Uh, Macho Man ends up getting. Yes. Remember the Survivor Series when The Rock won and became champ? Yes. The Gerald Briscoe chair shots in Stone Cold was worse. But anyway, go ahead. I disagree. Rewatch it. I'll rewatch it. Hulk Hogan holds the chair up here and he goes like this. Rewatch the Gerald Briscoe chair shot. But go ahead. Uh, Macho Man gets a yellow streak spray painted down his He was like terrified that he would hurt hurt, uh, Stone Cold because it was not supposed to be him that did it. But go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Yellow streak down his spine with the spray paint that Hogan pulled out of his balls. So it's ball sweat spray paint. Yeah. Um, Even more disrespectful. That's the point. NWO takes over commentary again. The Giant says he sold his soul to DiBiase because he went to DiBiase's house and there was a lot of nice stuff in his house. I mean, it's just like, you know, what DiBiase always says. Everybody's got a price. Here's the thing, though. When the... It was Hulk Hogan's house, not DiBiase's house. With, With the... State we're in with the giant. Less is more when it comes to commentary. Also, you could have well, just he shouldn't said, talk. You know, yeah. He offered me a lot of money, and instead he's like, I go to the house, and he doesn't have one Corvette. He has forty Corvettes, and he has really nice leather couches and fourteen swimming pool. Like, I don't need to know all this shit. Like, okay, he, he you sold your soul. You got bought. Like, cool. Um, during this, while Hogan, while Giants trying to yeah, cut his promo, Hogan stride, you know, still the NWO thing is like a month and a half old at this point. Like, you know, uh, Hall and Ash are fantastic. They should just let them do everything. <laughs> Everyone else should just stand in the background. <laughs> um, You're not while wrong, the Giant, but <laughs> yeah, I know. While the Giant is trying to get over why he turned on WCW, Hulk Hogan is disrespectful as shit. He keeps taking shit, stepping in front of the camera. He's spitting on WCW signs. Then everyone gets back up. There's a big brawl that gets separated. And Hogan lets us know that he also apparently got the giant a role in an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah. What Arnold Schwarzenegger movie was the giant in? None. That's the point. Keep watching. That's the thing. He made promises to him that weren't fulfilled. Hence the giant leaving the NWO later. That's a whole thing. The giant specifically said something planted, at Fall Brawl. Sir. Yes, seeds the giant specifically planted. said something at Fall Brawl about being in a movie. Like, that he was that supposed he was to. There. No, he was not no, there. That he did it. No, he didn't say uh, that. You got to pay attention. Nuance. Seeds Speaking planted. Of- long-term storytelling. 
Speaking of paying attention, September 9th kicks off. Pat Tanaka losing to Super Calo. Did you notice something about Pat Tanaka? Particularly his entrance. I did not. The music. What was the music? It was Goldberg's music. Was it really? Yeah. Well, now I almost have to go back and rewatch that. So <laughs> when I heard Pat Tanaka, I tuned out. And then when I heard Super Calo, I super turned out. Super Calo was actually like, he's great though. Like if you watch him wrestle, he's actually really fucking good. I, they, I mean, I saw him. I think he's got a match on Fall Brawl. Like he, he yeah, yes. he's talented. In I the think, was he, he, it was against Rey Mysterio, right? Yeah. Match was fucking fantastic. <laughs> but there's nothing about him other than that that had me interested. And I didn't know that going into a match with Pat Tanaka. So when I heard Pat Tanaka and Super Calo, I was like, the fuck is this shit? Um, Rick Steiner interview. He had Lex. He had him, Gene. Lex shows up and Rick basically begs the fact. Believe me. Believe me. I can beat you, Luga. I had you. Like, it fucking matters. Um, the well, Rick, yeah, boys Rick Steiner is like also is another who should not talk. But, you know. No, I, his son is far better on the mic than he is. Oh, good to know. Good to know. Yeah. You sure is his he son? He still sounds like a Steiner, though. You, you sure is his son? You, yes. You sure, sure he's not Scott's son? Positive. Absolutely positive. I mean, I'm not, I wasn't there when he was conceived. So I'm I don't know saying, if Rick tagged out and Scott slid in and pumped I'm just one saying, into the, you, you know, know, when your brother's the big bad booty daddy, you know. And now you're the big bad booty breaker. Yeah, maybe. He definitely sounds like a Steiner, but at least it's coherent. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is interesting how they do both kind of sound alike, but like, oh yeah. Even though Scott's the more coherent of the two, but still not coherent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, and then apparently, even though Steiner math is a thing, Rick is the one that actually teaches math, not Scott. And Scott made Steiner math famous. Rick teaches math? Yes. That might be my favorite thing I've ever heard about the Steiners. Uh, the Nasty Boys defeat the amazing French Canadians. Yeah. 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 They they left WWF at that point to go WCW because they wanted to get some. It's, it's for the Canadian market. Like, it's just because Canada's weird. So they were just like, we need people from Canada so the Canadians will cheer for them and we can do stuff in Canada and make money. So they brought in them. Hey, Travis, what, what do you think happened after a Nasty Boys match? Probably an interview. Yep, another fucking interview <laughs> about where they stand. And again, they said, we just want the fucking tag titles. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Like, do you really get tired of seeing Mean Gene? Like, yes, actually, I yes. I don't. I love I seeing really Mean do. Gene. It's just like every time Mean Gene shows up, like, oh, gee fucking love you dude I... literally it's either he's interviewing the person who was in the match or as soon as the match is over they cut to a backstage interview here's what's the difference here is it's like here they do actual interviews as opposed to like nowadays th that person would just cut a promo in the ring yeah so it's just like it's 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 not that much more it's just the presentation it is more don't get me wrong they do it more but it's not that much more it just feels like a lot more because the interview instead of just a promo you feel and I was going to say, I guarantee nowadays the Nasty Boys wouldn't be cutting promos after every fucking match they had about the same shit. Oh, no, no, no. Like I said, they're still figuring it out, dude. Like I said, 97 is the year. Like, no bullshit. Like, that's when NWO is in full swing and shit. 96, they're still building it. 
They're still building the engine of the car. But once the car starts rolling, it's like, oh, this is fantastic. Speaking of building it, we continue the build for the banger of a match that's going to be Ice Train versus Scott Norton. I know you're all excited Hell to hear yeah. this cover. Hell yeah. Uh, Ice Norton Train, defeats- Scott Flash Norton, Fire versus Ice. Scott Norton defeats Pitbull Pittman because promo that shit. Like, damn, you do kind of look like Teddy Bear Teddy Long. A little bit, a little bit. Like if he grew facial hair and was a little smaller. I mean, there is a certain someone who likes to call me Papa Bear. So you know. So there you go. Uh, Norton defeats Pitbull Pittman because Ice Train threw in the towel because Teddy Bear refused to because Pittman didn't want him to. Kind of felt like Rocky three, four. Four, yeah. That was four. Throw in the damn towel. Um, Rick Flair and Luger have guess what? Another fucking interview. I think we have interviewed Rick Flair, Lex Luger, or Sting and Lex Luger, or Rick, the Four Horsemen every fucking this episode at least twice. Was the one on the net? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was all the horsemen were there, weren't there? Uh, Rick wants to know where Sting is. Luger, yes. yeah, the all the horsemen were there, but it was really Rick and Luger's interview. Yeah, yeah. Luger says. I know he's here. I just haven't seen him. Because other people said they saw him. Okay. Uh, and then Mongo and Benoit all of a sudden don't trust Luger and Sting again. There's no again. Uh, they just they never really did. Yeah. Uh, Joe Gomez loses to Hoovy. Hoovy gets a win over Joe Gomez. And nobody damn right he did. About Joe Gomez. Yeah, he's why he was there so Hoovy could get another W before his you know his match. For the Mexican heavyweight title. Yeah. As a cruiserweight. Yeah. Mexican uh, we got a Nick Pat- count. <laughs> we got a Mexican. We got a Mexican. We got Nick Patrick interview. Uh, why weren't they suspended for <laughs> Were chasing me? you about to say me? Mexican Patrick interview? <laughs> yes, you gonna- I was. <laughs> <laughs> we got a Mexican Patrick interview. Oh, man. Uh, Oh, I why miss were, podcasting with you so much. I love you, dude. <laughs> I, why weren't they suspended for chasing me? It's not fair. I'm innocent. I didn't do anything wrong. They chased me out of the parking lot. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. He's a referee. Because you don't get to put your hands on a referee. What? You don't? Okay. Is that uh, not NW, true? I mean... I guess it kind of depends on the area and where you're at because there was a whole run coming up here in WWF where a referee got hit every single fucking literally referees get knocked out every every fucking match and then new referees come in. So because Vince doesn't follow the rules, nobody should. I I like to believe Vince makes the rules. Vince likes to believe Vince makes the rules. Yes, and if you buy yeah. into that thing, good for you. But you know. I'm a uh, fucking man, and he don't make no rules for me. Fair enough. The NWO is out in the parking lot handing out flyers. Yeah. Ted DiBiase's talking to someone in a limo in the rain. That's the thing, and I like how they did this because it's supposed to be a thing where, like, the NWO doesn't work for WCW, so they can't. They don't use WCW's resources, like you know their vendors and all that kind of stuff in the arena. They do all their stuff outside, kind of you know independent style kind of thing they do it on their own because we're not a part of you like, like they did a whole thing to make it so like yo we're our own shit and, and i like had that. the million dollar band come in to fund to finance everything. yeah exactly 
So that's why, like, when they, so they like they have their announcements, they follow announcements, have been paid for by the New World Order. They bought advertising space on WCW shit. They don't just get advertised; they bought advertising space. Yeah. Um, Rick Steiner versus Lex Luger. Nick Patrick says Luger needs to go to the parking lot mid match. Why the fuck Lex Luger decided to listen to Nick Patrick at this point after everything that's happened and all. All of this stuff baffles me, but yeah, okay. Um, we hear Sting's voice coming out of the limo talking to DiBiase, and then Luger comes out. Sting jumps out of the limo and beats the shit out of Lex Luger out in the rain. NWO jumps in. Luger gets his ass whooped. NWO bails, and then the four horsemen and some other folks run out into the parking lot looking for where the NWO went. There is an empty limo in the parking lot with just flyers and spray paint in it. And they all decide to spray paint uh, all over the limousine in the rain. So it didn't stay in the rain, but you know, at all, <laughs> but that's one of the things you do. I mean, you deal with stuff that's live, you know, and I'll be honest. I, I mean, obviously it was probably sting also sitting in the limo. Cause it sounded like sting. Oh, it was and recording actually in the dark, in the rain. Yeah. It kind of looked like Sting. It, it did. Now, and imagine, this is back in 96, okay? Yeah. Not on an HGTV. We can see this as clearly as we can now. Imagine you are nine years old, Matthew, and you're watching this. You think that's Sting. Like, there's yeah. no way no. you don't think that's Sting. So at that point, you're like, shit, Sting's joined the NWO now? Holy shit. And old Travis who- probably didn't stay holy shit. It was probably something just like a whoa kind of thing. But yeah. And also props to whoever fake Sting is because he threw punches and kicks that looked like Jeff Farmer is his name. Yes. Good job, Jeff. Uh, We go back into the ring. Kidman loses to Rey Mysterio. Faces of fear versus public enemy. Wait, wait, Uh, wait, wait, wait. I I don't. I just, you know, you you've been shitting on this for quite a while. And I don't think you gave this awesome story beat. It's just due. So I need you to give them their proper props on this particular story beat. Thank you. Which story beat? The fake sting. I just did. I said it wasn't enough. He looked like him. It wasn't enough. Okay, so I, I, I do have a slight gripe. We may not notice it. And we may not see it. But you are telling me that Lex Luger, Lex Luger, who is Sting's best friend, who has been teaming with Sting, who has won championships with Sting, who has wrestled against Sting, looked this man in the face and didn't know it wasn't his best fucking friend? Exactly, Matt. That's what makes the next part of the story so fucking great is the fact that this is supposed to be Sting's best friend. You're supposed to be the one that knows me better than anybody else. You're supposed to be the one that truly believes in me if nobody else does, and you didn't. Hence what happened at Fall Brawl and what happens going forward with Sting and brings the story forward. But why is it a surprise when we know that Lex Luger has always been a shady piece of shit that we cannot trust? It's a surprise to no one really except Sting. Sting is the one that matters because Sting is the one that always still believed in his friend Lex. So what you're telling me is the entire build of the story is Sting realizes that he has been a fucking idiot this whole time and then goes emo. No is realizing that people who he thought had his back really don't have his back, so fuck all y'all. But everyone told him that Luger didn't have his back. 
Luger showed him multiple times. He didn't Luger have was just the straw that broke the camel's back. He's pissed at all of WCW, sir. Did they believe that something of that like that of him? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, like I said, Kidman loses to Ray. We have the Faces of Fear versus Public Enemy during the match. Again, this is one of those matches that, hey, crowd, here's something for you to watch because we got more important things for people on TV. Wait, this was Four who? Horse. What was the match? Huh? Uh, Faces of Fear versus Public Enemy. Oh, yeah. Who cares? Go ahead. Uh, also, I didn't know that it was a no DQ match because they were going through tables and all sorts of shit, and I was very confused. I didn't remember them say it was no DQ. Um, well, here's are the thing. all public enemy matches no DQ? I was just about to say it was a public enemy match, first of all. But also, <laughs> but also, here's the thing about tables, though. As long as a table is outside the ring. They were in the ring. They did something in ha- the ring, too? This is where... Haku or Meng got Ming called Haku. Is his name, sir. Ming. And Haku got put through a table in the ring. Oh, I don't remember that part. I'm about to say the thing with the barbarian on the outside, they're like, yo, as long as the table is outside the ring, like, yo, like if you just happen to be a table there, you know, my bad, you know. Bobby called him Haku. So if Bobby can call him Haku, I can call him Haku, damn it. There's a lot of things Bobby says that you shouldn't say, sir. So <laughs> if you're using Bobby the Brain Heen as your barometer as to what you can and can't say, I need you to reevaluate. At least I'm not using Joe Rogan. Um, matches get thrown out. Touche. Uh, I, I think the match got thrown out. I don't, don't even really know just what Bobby happened. Heen, like 1996 Bobby Heen, by the way. You know, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I said, there was a four horsemen and Luger interview mid match. Uh, the match I think got thrown out. I don't really know what happened because you skip they over cut Kidman it and Mysterio. I literally said Kidman loses to Mysterio twice. Uh, the first time I said it, you said I didn't give enough proper due. Oh, I was to too concerned story. Yeah, with, with the with the NWO thing. You're right. And that's, then that's I came back and I said it again. Yeah, I still and then wasn't listening. You're right. You're right. Okay, go ahead. Career. Go ahead. My bad. I take that back. Then that was on me. That's on me. But one could and here's where we get gave the stories proper due. I wouldn't have had to say that, so I would have heard you. But anyway, go ahead. Here's where we get the Dungeon of Doom interview, where we see the Conan that I am most familiar with. Uh, I'm gonna repeat something that Bobby the Brain Heenan said that I really heard. I know it wasn't. It was Mike Tanay said. I think about him. That actually kind of surprised me when we get to War Games, but uh. Yeah, no, this is this is the Conan I'm used to seeing. The, the baggy jeans, the this is the this flannel, is the, the, the white beater. Yeah, this is the birth, yeah, of, the birth of K-Dog. But he's part of the fucking Dungeon of Doom, Travis. Yeah, so dumb. It's, it's, that's very dumb. It makes no sense. There's no reason why, why that should have happened. There's no reason for that. I forgot all about this, if I'm being completely honest with you. Like, I, I forgot, Mike. When I, when I said at this point, you should, like the Dungeon of Doom fades into obscurity at this point, I really thought that's what happened. Like, no, they, they grabbed I fucking know. Conan and dragged him into this bullshit. I know. I know. I and know. and you know what is, else they're not going into obscurity for? Fucking Big Boss, man. Big Bubba, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Ray Trailer and the, the Guardian, the 40 other million fucking names he's had, is obsessed with Glacier. <laughs> you're gonna get to see glacier next time i know we are i saw i saw the little that's literally like the the thumbnail for it is glacier versus big bubba for the next episode okay yeah you do after see, yeah after fall brawl yeah you do get to see glacier now it's a, he was supposed to come back during the summer i believe and then the nwo thing took off so they like delayed it 
but yeah. Yeah. Think about this. We have the NWO going on, wrecking everyone, wrecking his friends, wrecking, you know, all of WCW. And all this man gives a fuck about is discount Sub-Zero and where the fuck he's been. And, and honestly, now, the thing about Glacier, like people have said it before, Joe, I'm not, this is not an original thought of mine, you know, just put that out there. I'm a fucking genius, but this is not one of those genius moments. But like, Glacier was two years too late. Yeah. Like, like if Glacier had come out like 93, 94, he'd have been the coolest shit ever in wrestling. But he came out in 96 and nobody gave a fuck about that anymore. Mortal Kombat wasn't as cool anymore. It was, it was like, okay. <laughs> now, I don't know, like, I can't. There's or not really a heel killer instinct, you know. There was that glacier too, but he was. There's not really a heel faction in WWE right now that I can. Oh, I guess the Bloodline maybe, but they're not on Raw. But anyway, you know what I, you know what I'd love to see, just to throw back to this, is like everything going on in WWE and just like Jay Uso being like, and where the fuck is Veer at? Who? You haven't been watching WWE, kinda. So Jinder Mahal had Veer and Shanky. Oh, yeah. Okay. I do know. I do know who that is. I do know who that is. Yes. Yes. After the draft. I forgot his name. After the draft, Veer was drafted to Raw by himself. And for months now, they have been running promos. Veer is coming to Raw like he's fucking Glacier and he hasn't shown up. <laughs> for have you mentioned months. that on Smack and Raw? Have you, have you made All the, the time, yes. Have you, have yes, you made the yes. comparison to, no, not to the Glacier? No, not to the Glacier, no. Oh, you should have made the Glacier comparison. Then you could have promoted this show on top of it. Cross-promotion, Matt. I could do that next week, now that the show's back. Okay, fair. Yeah. The, sh- the show was kind of gone. There was really no point in being like, hey. Yeah, whatever. Big Bubble will not let Glacier go. That's all he gives a fuck about. And then in our main event, and his thing is got, it's weird because you just you wonder why. Like this just yeah. Like nothing, what did he do to you? What is it about Glacier that you just can't get over? <laughs> uh, main event is John Tenta with his half shaved head still versus so, the Macho Man Randy so Savage. Dumb. Like why are you doing that? Why are you why not are you just not, bald? Like you, yeah, all you, the all you. All you old white people in in wrestling at this point who keep the little bald shave thing at the top and let the hair grow on the sides, why have you not shaved it all off? All of I mean, it. I winter mostly. This was in the fall. No, I understand that. I'm just saying when I grow mine in, kind of like it's it, it's because it's cold out, and it, it's at least some protection. Wear a fucking hat. Um, we got the disclaimer from Eric Bischoff during this match, uh, about Mang because they accidentally called him Haku. Uh, Eric's like to clarify his name is Mang, uh, because lawsuits mm-hmm. Teddy Bear makes Macho Man go to the parking lot during the match, uh, because the NWO was there just before he got the win. Um, one limo, oh, this is where one limo pulls away, the other one's empty. And then they spray paint in the rain. So that's when that happened. Right. Um, and I mentioned earlier, this, this night's the last night we see Jane until November. So. Unfortunately, Eric Bischoff is trying to, at the end of the show, give us a, a heartfelt message from WCW, an apology. Rick and Arn Anderson just keeps interrupting. And you was can it see Arn like, or was it Rick? It was Arn at first. Okay. But you I can remember see, them both doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Eric's like, hey, like, 
hold on a second. And Arn just kept going. And you could see Eric was like pissed. Yeah. And I don't know if that also plays into what we find out about the NWO later and who the real mastermind behind the NWO is. Uh, and then right as he's trying to get it off again, here comes Ric Flair screaming and doing Ric Flair shit. Mm-hmm. All right. You ready to talk about fall brawl? Let's talk about fall brawl. DDP gets you the enjoyed win. fall brawl. I want to put that out there again. Just make sure Matt enjoys some WCW. Go ahead. I enjoyed the pay-per-view. There were a lot of good matches on the pay-per-view. Uh, DDP defeats Chavo Guerrero Jr. Good match. Good match. DDP Chavo. Can't go wrong there. Um, this is early Chavo, too. This is like pre-tornado DDT Chavo, you know? And way pre-Kerwin White Chavo. Thank yeah. God. Ooh, Chavo. Uh, it is 1996, so we do cut backstage to Harlem Heat uh, and Colonel Parker and Sherry learning how to use the internet from CompuServe. It, when I saw CompuServe, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. CompuServe? Really? And yeah. fortunately, at this point, Booker T does not say nigger. So, good. Yeah. Uh, Norton loses to Ice Train in an I Quit match with... The Hurt Lock, ladies and gentlemen. You want to tie into modern-day WWE? Motherfucking Ice Train. It is big, meaty men slap meat all day in this match. But I, want, I got a couple of Bobby Heenanisms that happened during this point. This, these are the ones that like, there you go, Bobby. I knew you wouldn't let me down. So it started off, this is one that's more tame. It wasn't as like, you know, racist or homophobic or anything like that. But it was just a very Bobby Heenan thing to say. When he was going on about, you know, the people in the back in WCW, he wanted to come together and fight and all that. Kind of, he was talking to them in the back and they didn't want to listen. And they were like, since when do you care about them? I'm like, no, 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 no. I work at WCW. I don't want it to go out of business. So I'm trying to convince all of them to fight for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's very Bobby Heenan. He's just like, I love that. But here's the one. Who was it for? I forgot who he was talking about. Oh, he was talking about Chavo and like the whole Guerrero family. Like I heard his father got laid off 14 times last week from the same job. Like, like, wait a minute. Damn it, Bobby. God damn it, Bobby. And then we, let me see. Um... Yeah, also said about Chavo, the pit bull you were talking about is now a chihuahua just laying there. No, it's now Mexican chihuahua just laying there. Yes, I, I, I definitely heard the Mexican chihuahua line, and I was like... <laughs> like, uh, there's that Bobby Heenan. Oh, I was waiting for it. I knew he wouldn't let me down. He never does. Uh, so anyway, big meaty men slapping meat. Oh, yeah, there was some big meaty men slapping me there. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to shit all over that or like, you know, over overcharge that. But it was just and was they, I need to make sure we said it. But yeah, they called it a full Nelson. But we all know it's the motherfucking hurt. That's the fucking hurt lock. Yeah. 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 Put out Scott Norton with the hurt lock. Uh, Conan defeated Hoovy to retain his Mexican heavyweight championship match. Uh, also came out representing as uh, Mike today said, the Cholos uh, as part of the DOD, yeah. the Dungeon of Doom. Yeah, yeah. There was one spot in this match that I was just like, that was, that, that was fucking amazing. Like, that, I lo- fucking love that. That powerbomb spot, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, just, just, 
Like I'm like literally sitting in my living room and I just like, <laughs> damn. Like, and that's one thing I can give to WCW is their pay-per-views. There are some really damn good matches on here. This is one of those pay-per-views that's in the worth undercard. going to watch because there are some really damn good matches. I mean, in the literally, undercard. Like, like, point that out. Got, the, the main events really didn't deliver as far as match quality goes, but the undercard no. was always fantastic. Well, the main events can't deliver as far as match quality goes because fucking Hulk Hogan's in it, and with Hulk Hogan, you get no match quality. Anyway, DDP v. Chavo, Norton v. Ice Train. If you want to see two big bulls collide, you're getting it here in an I Quit match. Two Conan versus man slapping me. And then our next match where two Canadians just beat the living piss out of each other, Chris Jericho losing to Chris Benoit. Did you also notice Benoit did the lion tamer? Benoit did the lion tamer, he did the flying headbutt, and one with an <laughs> off-the-top-rope back suplex. Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing, another thing about wrestling at this time, like those big moves like that, that weren't finishers, would could, win matches. Could win matches, which is why near falls after big moves like that mattered because you actually thought they might win. Crazy, then, right? Then they stopped doing that. Yeah. And now, now you see a superplex and you're like, oh, okay, why'd you pin them? Exactly. Exactly. It is like, come on, people. Like these big moves sometimes need to win matches so that when you pin somebody after these big moves, the crowd and the people watching actually believe there's a chance that the match can be over. And to a point that you brought up earlier, and speaking of big moves, our next match, Rey Mysterio defeats Super Calo for the Cruiserweight title in a damn good match. So fucking great. Like, spot heavy as fuck. It is spot heavy, but like the spots were good and like, and they made sense. Like it was just the way that they worked. It was just like, why can't we just have this all the time? And then I realized you can't just do this all the time because it would get boring. So mm-hmm. AEW. But anyway, go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> uh, Harlem Heat defeats the Nasty Boys. Of course they did because yeah. the Nasty Boys, who gives a shit? Macho Man loses to the Giant, and then the NWO stomps Randy while Nick Patrick pretends not to notice. So during the match, Randy sees the NWO on the rampway. He runs out. They beat the living dog piss out of him. Nick Patrick, meanwhile, has his back turned to the whole situation, scolding the Giant, who then Randy gets rolled in, and the Giant pins him one, two, three. That was one I was just like, you could have executed this better. Like, yeah, the idea of it, cool. Like, clearly Nick Patrick is doing some, you know, shady referee Nick Patrick shit. But the fact that Macho Man just willingly walked into this, that was clearly a trap. Like, yeah. not even, like, kind of clearly a trap, but definitely clearly a trap when Hogan continues to look over his shoulder and saying, come on, kind of thing. It would have been, imagine the same thing happens, but Hogan's running his back, walking, facing the back, and looking back toward Macho Man as he's doing it completely different feel and it makes sense at that point that that macho man would fall for that trap yeah or you just have nash hall and hogan ringside jump the barricade get ringside pull macho man out stomp the shit out of him while nick patrick ignores it talking to the giant rolling back in yeah that works too i'm talking if you want to do the luring him into a trap kind of thing i don't because it's (laughs) stupid hogan bullshit okay sure but I was just talking about how to make the lure into the trap thing work. But yeah, it would have made even more sense. It would have been easier just to do the 
ringside beatdown thing. You're right. Yes. We got a four horsemen interview with Lex where they actually bring up that Lex used to be a horseman. Uh, they're going to go without Sting because they don't trust Sting. And then Sting shows up and he's like, listen, you, guys. I forgot we skipped over the whole thing before when Sting came in and said it wasn't me. No, that's right now. I, Is I'm that now? We're talking about that right now. Yeah. I thought, okay. You're right. Yeah. Sting right. shows up and that. swears it wasn't him. Yeah. We saw him, though. Yeah, I know. Lex, Lex looked like, I, look, I looked you. I looked you right in the eyes, my best friend, and I know it was you. So Sting says, "All right, I'll see you guys later tonight. Fuck y'all." Yeah. Um, because Lex says he doesn't trust Sting now. Go figure. Main event: War Games match. Uh, we got Hall and Arn Anderson in first. Meanwhile, there's apparently a scuffle in the back during the coin toss. Which guess who wins the coin toss? The heels. That's that's who's supposed to win the coin toss. You can't have this match and the baby faces win the coin toss. It doesn't make sense. And guess who's refereeing this match? Nick Patrick. After what happened with Macho Man, he is refereeing yet another match involving the NWO because apparently WCW management really doesn't give a fuck. Referee unions, man. Doesn't mean you can't. He just ref the match. You could have put anyone else in this match. It did not need to be Nick Patrick. He was assigned ahead of time. Where's little Nate? Not here yet. What's his name? I know who you're talking about. The fuck is his name? I gotta look this up. I know you're talking about the blonde one with the hair. Um, mm-hmm. the fuck is his name? Watch, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google WCW ref with the hair and watch. You could just Google little Nate. No, I want to get up. I want to Google WCW ref with the hair. Boom, Charles Robinson. Yes, <laughs> I knew it. I, it's like WCW ref with the hair. They'll say it. It's Charles Robinson. I wanted to call him Paul Robinson for some reason. I knew that wasn't right. Yep. Hold on. Let me see if you can. Can you read this on my phone? Oh damn. Hold on. Can you read WCW it? ref with the hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Luger comes in 10 seconds early. Or I'm sorry. NWO won the coin toss, so Nash is in next. Then it's Luger who comes in 10 seconds early, but it well, doesn't he, matter. It's he, four. Does he get into the ring 10 seconds early? Yes. Or does he, oh, yes. Okay. He gets okay. through the ropes, and there's 10 seconds left. And they're like, it doesn't matter. It's war. He, rules don't matter in war. Okay, cool. Oh, was, mind I you, remember there was one I saw the countdown happen as they're going down to the rings. I'm like, is that the, okay? Gotcha. Mind you, it's also war games, and this entire night we've had two rings, and especially in the Hoovy versus Conan match and the Ray versus Super Callow match. Oh, yeah, when they use that, when he jumped yeah. in one ring and then double hopped on the ropes and did it. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and that's one of those things where it's just like, you know, a lot of times I like I fault people for like, just like standing there waiting for them to do some shit. But if you're in a match with somebody, you're fighting somebody, and they go to a completely different ring, you're kind of confused. Like, what the fuck is he doing? Why is he? Oh, wait, he just jumped. And yeah, that would confuse me. I probably wouldn't have fallen for it that bad, but it's just, it would have caused me to pause. Yeah. Um, basically this entire match because Hogan's in next for the NWO, Rick Flair's in last for WCW, or so we think. It's just an NWO member comes in, outnumbers the WCW guys. That's the story. Blah blah blah. blah yeah. Which 
Sting is the final man for the NWO. Mm-hmm. Comes in, whoops on these guys. And at this point, you look at Sting, you're like, okay, something's not right here. That doesn't look like Sting. Like, it looks like Sting, but it doesn't. It's not the same body. Again, imagine watching on an old tube TV in 96. You probably wouldn't have been able to tell. But go ahead. Then the final countdown comes in, and here comes the real Sting. And he wrecks fucking everybody. He wrecks fake Sting. He wrecks Hogan. He wrecks Nash. He wrecks Hall. Meanwhile, all of the WCW guys are just just standing there watching watching. Sting wreck everyone. And then Sting says, fuck y'all. I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. And leaves. Yeah. Yeah. And the NWO wins. Yeah, because they whooped their ass because it's three on three on four. Yeah, yeah. And this is the this is how that crow sting is born. Is this shit right here? And I'm just and then, like, oh, I love this. This is so good. No, this this was good shit. I, I, I will give them that. Like I said, this was good shit. I, it really is. And it's probably the most interesting thing I've watched since you made me start watching this shit. Yeah. Um and I can't, I can't be mad at having two stings when two years prior to this, my other favorite wrestler from the other company had a doppelganger mm-hmm. also involved with the million dollar man. It's kind of the million dollar man's thing where he gets a guy and then he go gets a guy that looks like the guy. <laughs> You're right. I didn't even think about DiBiase's thing. Okay. Yeah. That uh-huh, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. So um, Luger is crawling up the rampway cry sting i'm sorry i'm sorry i didn't recognize you you both have brown eyes like how was i supposed to know oh and the nw whoops his ass and then here come because fuck luger (laughs) arn and rick and they're fighting randy comes out to try and makes the save but he ends up getting dropped by the giant and then randy's getting his ass whooped in the ring and here comes miss elizabeth to save Macho man Randy Savage, not Ric Flair, even though she's part of the four horsemen. She covers the macho man. She still loves him, Matt. Yeah, that's what they said on commentary. I don't know where they got that idea. Uh, and then Hogan, being the disrespectful piece of trash that he is, takes the closest thing we have to actual wrestling royalty and the queen that is Miss Elizabeth, mm-hmm. spray paints her dress and fucking spits on her yeah. like she's trash. He's a heel. He's a shitty heel, but this is the best heel work he's done. (laughs) Yeah. To this point. Here's the thing. He's still getting used to it. He gets better. He starts to learn that less is more or starts to lean into like what people hate about Hulk Hogan anyway. And it's like, it's like, oh, that works. That's good. He starts to do the things like, yeah. You're Hulk Hogan. You made wrestling. You're the greatest in wrestling. He like he like really leans into the fact that people resent how he seems to feel about himself, and he uses that shit. And I'm like, that's good. That's good. I'll swallow Fall Brawl itself. Um, I'm spitting basically every show leading up to it. Even the 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 Nitro leading up to when you got the setup for this shit with Sting. I mean, that was one good thing in a show that was pretty fucking bad. Let me just look and make sure, like, if there's anything else that you should have liked about that night, because, you know, you just be so ready to just shit on WCW all the time. Let me just make sure that you're not, okay, so. Mm. 
Kidman and Ray, maybe. No, hold on, hold on. Let me just look at my notes. Just... Okay, that's fair. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so spinning the entire four to five weeks of what I watched leading up to this, minus and the this little actually... bit of storytelling that the NWO did. And it was great about this, was so interested about this is normally pay-per-views with WCW didn't really deliver. It was really the yeah. nitros that were so great. So it's just like, oh, the no, yeah, they're gonna will, switch it around. We'll work for you this time. But yeah. But the pay-per-view was actually really good. So I'll swallow yeah. fall brawl 1996. You guys should definitely, if you have not checked it out before you listen to this, go check it out, go watch it. Really good matches. Yeah, particularly uh, the Jericho Benoit match, also the um Mysterio Supercalo match, like Conan Hoovy. Conan Hoovy was great too. Yeah, you're right. That was the one with the power bomb. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Those three matches, particularly, like the whole pay per view was good. But like those yeah. matches, particularly, were just like great. If you love great wrestling, those matches are great. As far as great story, the NWO stuff, the war game stuff, fantastic. So across the board, Fall Borrow, fucking awesome. And try to ignore the fact that Conan's part of the Dungeon of Doom. Yeah. Yeah, try. Because that makes no sense to me either as someone who loves WCW. I will also point out the stupid shit that WCW does. So it's, you know. All right, Travis, what's next? Next, we got um, the, the Nitro's Halloween the Halloween Havoc. Yeah, where we get Macho Which, Man versus Hogan. You know Halloween Havoc is my favorite WCW pay-per-view. This is the one time where WCW gets really cheesy and campy, and I appreciate it because it's motherfucking Halloween and it's Halloween mm-hmm. Havoc. So no RoboCop on this one, though. No RoboCop, no Yete. Um, we're not gonna get the what the fuck was that steel cage match where they electrocuted McFo or uh, Abdullah Abdul Butcher? Butcher. <laughs> yeah, was that Mick Halloween Foley? Havoc? I believe that was Halloween yeah. Havoc as well. Yeah, but yeah, Zom- yeah. zombies and coffins and shit. Yeah, and that'll be, I think, and I want to say that's the last time you see Randy Savage until the next year. Okay. Same reason why we didn't see Gene for a while, contract stuff. But I'm going to pray to God that Fall Brawl 1996 is a turning point to all of the good stuff you keep telling me I'm eventually going to see. It's a a build, sir. It doesn't all happen at once. All right. Travis, (laughs) we're what? A year and a half, two years into this watch along? A year yeah. and a half? Yeah. But you know WCW got good when the NWO stuff started happening. That was literally just a, a, two months ago. Two months ago. Yeah. You got to you gotta sit through the shitty stuff to appreciate what's great. You keep telling me that. and It's been a year and a half of shitty stuff. Yeah. And we're past the shit. You just said that it was a good pay-per-view. This is why we had to take a six month break because I couldn't do it anymore. Sure, we'll we'll say that. Yeah. Sure, whatever. It wasn't six months; it was three. But yeah, <laughs> it felt like six. <laughs> um, tell them about Creation World. Tell them about what you've done this week. The stuff coming out. What they can look forward to. All right. So, you know, the Patreon stuff is. Once again, back up and running. We'll have all that posted. Thank you for all of you who have been supporting there. Um, so return to wrestling as you see. We're recording this now, so it'll be on Patreon. Um, also, the multiverse stuff with um, Mar the Shark Watkins. You know, the, our companion show, The Super Flash Year of Tomorrow. We're watching Injustice. Great fucking DC movie, animated stuff. 
um, that's the Patreon exclusive for this month. Um, also, some extra D&D stuff that I'll be recording myself that'll be on there later on this month, as well as the return of Dungeons After Dark, which will happen as soon as I can get everybody together, because that's the real you know, obstacle there is getting all of us from creation world together to do this, at least the ones that I like. And um, I love that you have that. I also need to do a thing where I can show you something on D&D Beyond that you can use that. It's it's pretty fucking cool. But um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, what else? I mean, the Patreon has kind of been tweaked for this year, you know, um, you can check it out if you go there, patreon.com slash creation world. But yeah, that's the main stuff that I wanted to make sure you all knew about is just the revamping of Patreon. We're kind of moving some things around, changing some stuff as far as the way we're doing things. Um, merchandise stuff is a lot closer. Like I, I'm in talks with, I think, with the right people now. And we'll have that together sooner rather than later. And if it doesn't, we can always go to what maneuver, which made the awesome shirt that you were wearing right now that I'm assuming is super fucking comfortable. It is. It's great. It's great. Yeah. I figured so. this would be, you know, pretty appropriate for what we're doing now. It has the, you know, the Black Lives Matter in the NWO logo. And we're doing WCW where the NWO thing is prevalent, you know. So I figured it'd be a good time to just show this off with the uh with the Black Lives Matter, you know. And as you guys all know, you can follow me at my readers at M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R on Twitter only. Also, Twitter and Instagram, Smackin' and Raw Pod. Um, I just actually revamped last night the Smackin' and Raw Pod uh, Twitter, so it reflects more Return to Wrestling now that Return to Wrestling is back. So we got the Return to Wrestling logo up there. Uh, mentioned that it's Smackin' and Raw Pod and Return to Wrestling, and I'm going to focus a little more on Return to Wrestling there on that Smackin' and Raw Pod specific stuff, see if we can get the numbers up and Makes sense. do some stuff over there. Um Link trees are at Matt Ritter. Go check out thecreationworld.com. Go check out Creation World on Facebook, facebook.com slash creation world. Go check out Twitter and Instagram, the creation world at T H E C R E A T I A world. It gets you everything that you want Patreon, merch, all of our shows, everywhere you can find stuff. It's all there in all of those places. So if you're having a hard time finding shit, just go Creation World. Yeah, we're not hard to find. We're really not. What is it? Creationworld.com is the encompassing of everything. Go there, you know? And soon the merch will be there too on creationworld.com. So I cannot wait for that. Like I'm getting that all worked out now. It should be, like I said, sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, well, Travis, this has been a not so awful return to wrestling. It's a build. You loved it and you know it because you got to hang out with me again. That was a plus. That was a big plus. <laughs> so, all right. For Sir, I'm sorry, for Lord Cussalot Travis Pointer, I am the Warden Mad Ritter. This has been your return to wrestling from the Smack and Raw podcast, the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub. Peace. <laughs>